Hello, everybody. This is Father Tom Provenzano. I'm welcoming you to uh, another episode of the Acts podcast. And today we're going to be talking about what is pro-life? What does the pro-life movement mean? And we'll start that right after we say a short prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, help of Christians, pray for us. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, what I did want to talk to you all about today is uh, the topic of pro-life and what, what does pro-life mean? We're in an election year, and uh, while I do not believe that abortion is a political issue, uh, it's, a, it's a human issue, really, it has been made a political issue by politicians. And so I do believe that it's something that needs to be talked about. There are many who believe that priests and and religious and ministers, uh, religious ministers in general, shouldn't weigh in on partisan politics. And I actually do agree with that. I will not be not making any uh, endorsements during uh, my podcast. And in fact, today, as I talk about this this issue, uh, I will not be mentioning the names of the candidates involved. Uh, because I believe that the politics in general become so focused on personality and so focused, quite frankly, on superficiality and emotion that it really clouds us from really looking at the issue, looking at the personalities, but not necessarily looking at the issues underneath. And so I really just want to, at least for today, not talk about the candidates, not talk about the political parties, but to just talk about the issue of what it means to be pro-life. And to be pro-life means to respect the dignity of all human life from the moment of conception until natural death. That means the life of the unborn. That means the life of children. That means the life of people with special needs be it Down syndrome or autism or any of the other developmental issues that a person may have. It means respecting those who suffer from emotional or mental illnesses. It means respecting the elderly. It means respecting the aged and the infirm. It means a stand against the death penalty. It means respecting people of all races, of all ethnicities, of all genders. That recognizing that all of them are children of God, worthy of respect. And not just tolerance, but love and brotherhood and sisterhood, both on the human level and on the level of faith. Now, the pro-life movement, for the last 47 years certainly, since Roe versus Wade, 
has focused in a very particular way on abortion. And there are some that want to say that we, it's good that we uh, speak out on behalf of the unborn, but we shouldn't forget all these other categories that I just spoke of, and maybe even categories that I did not mention, just out of omission on my part. But I'm sure there are other, other categories that you could, you could fill in the blanks on your own. That to only focus on the unborn is to really not do justice to life in general. And to have, a, again, as I said, a very narrow view of what it means to be pro-life. That we need to look at all these life issues as what's called a seamless garment. That just as Jesus' tunic was a garment made out of one woven piece of cloth, not out of a patchwork of different cloths. So our view of life issues needs to reflect the seamless garment. Now, I am not unsympathetic to that point of view. At the same time, I do believe that abortion does stand out as a foundational life issue. Because so often the solution to a child to found to be, let's say, with Down syndrome is to eliminate that life before that life is even born. Medical science has made it possible for us, and it truly is a miracle, to really follow the development of the fetus from very, very early on in the pregnancy through to birth. And yes, we can find out if the child has some birth defect, a physical birth defect, or may have Down syndrome, or may have some other developmental issue that will impact them after birth. And while there's nothing wrong with that, and if anything, it's, it's a good thing, Okay, I'm not putting down medical science or our ability to know and to discern these things. At the same time, quite often, the solution that's offered to the mother and to the parents is abortion, is to terminate that life, either because that life is perceived to not be worth living or to be of lesser value than the life of others who may not have those same challenges. Abortion, that disrespect for the life in the womb, is a reflection of really the disrespect we have for the life after birth as well. So often, and this is something that's not talked about much, those, who, not all, but some, who hold the so-called pro-choice position do so because they do see abortion as a way of helping to control poorer populations. 
There are those, and I've I've known conservatives who have said this, not just you know those we might think of as being liberals, but there is a, a type of conservative who also has this who has this position as well. Many years ago, there was a, uh, a, a I'm going to give you a very specific example. Many, many years ago, there was a talk show host, a rather controversial talk show host in New York named Bob Grant, who sort of was the kind of the granddaddy of a lot of uh, the, the conservative commentators that we hear today on the, on the airwaves. And he was pro-choice. He was pro-choice. And in part, because he saw it as a way of keeping poor populations under control numerically. But that's not just something that a conservative would hold. Like I said, there are, are so-called liberals who would hold to the same thing. So that abortion is foundational. The disrespect we have for the life in the womb is a reflection of the disrespect we have for the life outside the womb. And so, yes, we, we make a special issue of this because there is no one more vulnerable than a child developing in the womb. And in reality, there is a slippery slope. You know, we're usually laughed at or dismissed when we talk about slippery slopes when it comes to these moral issues, that if you allow one thing, uh, then there's the, the next natural step that's going to occur. And the next natural step after abortion is uh, infanticide. Now, initially, again, abortions were meant to be uh, restricted to the first trimester. Well, in many places now, that's just been totally uh, blown up. Uh, no, No one talks about viability anymore that abortion should be permitted up to the point of viability. In fact, I, don't, I, I haven't really heard a real discussion about viability uh, as a factor in this issue for a very long time. But I'd also say for very good reason, because viability was always a false flag, was always a deception. The reality is, is that human babies are born premature even when they go to full term. In terms of the level of creation, human babies are born at a much earlier stage of development than the uh, offspring of of other species in the in the animal kingdom. Uh, in fact, this is the, the case of the giraffe, where the giraffe practically can walk right out of the womb. Uh, it it's really two years at least before. Uh, a human life can really begin begin to really talk about uh, the, the child being able to to live somewhat autonomously, and that's even really stretching it. I would say it's probably three or four uh, before a child can uh, begin to even in a very rudimentary way uh, navigate simple tasks like feeding themselves and washing themselves. Uh, a baby, six months old, a year old, if the baby is left alone, year and a half old, if the baby is left alone on its own without any aid or assistance from the outside, that child will die. That child is not viable. So the whole viability argument 
it was never valid, uh, and I think don't even think we're we're pretending at this point. And the reality is that laws in many places are allowing abortions up to birth. There have been politicians uh, and legislators who have come out and basically said, indeed, if a if a child survives an abortion, and there are babies who survive the abortion, they should just be put on the side, on a table, and allowed to die. Okay, so that even surviving birth does not grant a child the right to life. This demoting, this degrading of human life, of the unborn and the newly born, is simply a reflection of the downgrading of life along the line. And that we begin with this issue as a very particular issue, as a unique issue, because it leads us into respect for life in general. It leads us to a greater appreciation, or should lead us to a greater appreciation of human life in all its aspects, in all its stages. Now, there's, there's another argument that's some, sometimes made and you see this on social media a lot, especially around the time of the March for Life in January. You will have uh, people going online talking about, oh, how they're all there marching against abortion, but they're not talking about all these other life issues. Again, along this, this line of, of uh, uh, that we need to be looking at all the life issues, not just abortion, and that somehow... Uh, the March for Life is bad, and these are Catholics talking, that the March for Life is bad because it's not inclusive enough of other uh, life issues and uh, only takes on a very narrow uh, focus. I, you know, I, I reject that. I think once a year, getting together on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade in order to demonstrate for the protection of the unborn is not too much to ask. And yes, there are other issues, but you know what? The Holy Spirit calls different people to advocate for different things. The Spirit calls some people to advocate for, in a specific way for the life of the unborn. The Spirit calls other people to advocate for the dignity of prisoners and those in jails. No one criticizes Sister Helen Prejean, and maybe some of you for that that name might be familiar because she was the subject of a movie about 25 years ago called Dead Man Walking. Sister Helen Prejean is an advocate for those on death row. She has fought tirelessly for decades, against the death penalty. And she ministers directly with people on death row, her main, along with advocating for changes in the law, the abolition of the death penalty, she also tries to help these people come to reconciliation with God before they die, so that they can meet the Lord with a clear conscience. 
No one criticizes, well, I shouldn't say no one. I'm sure there's somebody out there. And I know that there are people who criticize Sister Helen, but I, I don't know that I've ever heard the argument that Sister Helen somehow was too narrowly focused in her ministry, that somehow she needs to, uh, you know, while she's praying outside the prison uh, on, the, on the night of an execution, that she needs to be advocating for immigrant rights as well. No, the Lord has called her to a very specific ministry, to a very specific advocacy. And that should not be denied her, and she should not be criticized for it. Okay? Or at least she should not be criticized from the standpoint that, that she's being too narrow, and that she only sees pro-life through the abolition of the death penalty. So yes, the Lord calls some of us to witness to the protection of the unborn. The Lord calls some of us in a particular way to advocate for the rights of immigrants. The Lord calls us in a particular way, some people in a particular way, to advocate for racial justice. All of us who are members of the body of Christ should be concerned about all these things. But you can't talk about everything at once. Sometimes you need to take one issue at a time. And sometimes, yes, because there's only 24 hours in a day, all right, and only seven days in a week, you need to dedicate yourself specifically to one issue that you believe the Lord has called you to and has called you to follow and has called you to advocate for. It doesn't mean that the other issues don't matter, but it means the Lord has called you in a special way to this particular issue at this particular moment. And so, yes, to be pro-life in the broad sense is to be aware and sensitive to all these various issues. But I don't believe that it means that, that abortion uh, should be just folded in willy-nilly with these other issues. I do believe it has a special place at this particular moment in time. And it also doesn't mean that we, we, uh, we, we should just talk about 20 things at once. Because that just causes confusion. And it loses focus. Uh, as a pastor, when I was pastor, I, previously I was pastor of a parish in Chicago, I did do advocacy work for immigrants. I did uh, help some people get their green cards. I assisted... Uh, Others in working with advocacy groups for the rights of immigrants held workshops in our parish to help people uh, get their green cards and get their citizenship, uh, gave space for lawyers to come in, to, immigration lawyers, to, to assist uh, those trying to normalize their, uh, their status in the country. And yes, actually even marched for advocacy for immigrants and I would do it again but I didn't say well you know I really shouldn't go to this march for immigration because they're not talking about racial justice or you know what I shouldn't really go to this march for immigration rights because it's just too narrow 
You know, they're not they're not talking about abortion here. They're they're just talking about immigration rights. No, of course not. That's silly. We as a church, we witness to it all. Some of us as individuals are called to put our energies into one area or the other. And yes, I do believe that abortion is right now a bigger issue than maybe the others because the respect for life begins with respect for the life of the child in the womb. And if that life is not respected, on down the line, the other lives will not be respected either. So that's my thoughts for today. God bless all of you. I uh, hope you're all keeping safe out there, especially those uh, down on the Gulf Coast where the uh, Hurricane Laura just came through uh, two days ago. Uh, Know of our prayers for you and know of our love for you. And all of you know that Christ loves you today and always.